All right, everyone, it is time for announcements here at church. So uh, coming up, we started uh, on Thursday our, our new chosen group for season three. Uh, they've done the first two seasons. They're on season three now. They did the first episode this last Thursday, but it's not too late to join that. So go ahead and join us for that. You're good, Georgina. Georgina's over there. You can kind of see her in the blurred background trying to grab some coffee. It's all good. We 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 uh, we don't edit here. We just run through. So yeah, chosen group meets on Thursday, 6:30. Don't miss that. Also coming up soon in May. May 3rd is our next one more youth. Uh, we we always have fun with the the uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers there. That's like sixth through twelfth grade. Uh, we order food. We talk about the Bible. We have some worship. We play some games. It's a great time. You won't want to miss it. So uh, that's May 3rd at 6:30 p.m. May 4th, uh, we are having a worship night. Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie are leading that one with their uh, group, Heaven City Limits. It's it's a lot of our people there, but they'll be leading it, and it'll be good. So uh, join us for that. That'll be May 4th, 6.30 p.m., night of worship, night of prayer. Definitely don't miss it. May 7th, we have a newcomer's lunch after the 11 o'clock service. So if you've been, uh, if you're new to the church, and you'd like to visit with the staff a bit more and get to know us better and kind of ask any questions you want. That's a great opportunity to do so. We meet after the 11 o'clock service on the front deck. So, uh, yeah, great thing to be a part of. And we have some snacks, and it's always very nice there. And, uh, yeah, that that's sort of it for crucial announcements. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. Glad you're joining us. We've had a great morning already and uh, looking forward to spending this time in worship with you. And then we're continuing on our series, The Questions Jesus Asked. Great question this week out of Matthew 20. Are you envious because I'm generous? So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfy, because uh, here we go. It's time. Woo! Well, good morning. And welcome to the venue. It's great to see y'all. I dropped a y'all in there. How was my y'all? Yeah. You all just sounds, I don't know. You know the plural of y'all. All y'all. All y'all. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, let me tell y'all, all y'all, what we will be up to at church today. We start our services with communion, and Chaplain Doug will be leading that for us. And after communion, we have our time of worship, and we'll uh, we'll get to sing together. And after worship, <clears throat> excuse me, Pastor Georgina will come up to teach the children a Bible verse, uh, and then we'll have our message. My my dad, Pastor Steve, has uh, questions. Jesus asked, Part Fifteen. It's been a great series, great message today. So, before we jump in, let's pray, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to gather here and and fellowship with one another and worship you. Lord, you're worthy of all our praise. You're worthy of all blessing and honor and glory. We're here to worship you, God. Would you come now, Lord? Would you fill this place with your presence? We want to encounter you today, God. You're awesome. You're, You're wonderful. You're so good, Lord. We need you, Father. And Lord, as we're here, we join with all the churches who are all over the world proclaiming your gospel with this collect. Almighty Father, you gave your only son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification.
Grant that we may put away the old yeast of malice and wickedness and always serve you in sincerity and truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Chaplain Doug, would you please celebrate communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I always just like to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we praise the Lord here today. We'll see the words on the screen, so it'll be easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. The battle belongs to the Lord.
nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And Almighty Fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the
you and we are so so thankful for this time of worship in your presence God, we love you and we're so thankful that you are with us and father as we're here in your presence i'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word lord god would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words god to stir up our hearts towards you and Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So excited to see you. Today's true Bible story comes to us from the book of John. One night, when was it, guys? What time of the day was it? One night, nighttime, right? Oh, gosh, yeah, thank you for that. One night, guys. This man named, listen for his name, it's a really interesting name, Nicodemus. Can you say that? Nicodemus. Yeah, I know, right? Really different. His name was Nicodemus. He went to visit Jesus at nighttime. Nicodemus was a, a religious man, and he studied the law, and he tried very hard to obey it, and he taught others to obey it, too. He wanted to find out more about Jesus. He told Jesus, teacher, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. No one could do the miracles you could do if God wasn't with him. Jesus wanted to teach Nicodemus a very important lesson. Have you ever been taught a very important lesson? Raise your hand. Yeah? Good. Awesome. Well, this is the lesson, right? Jesus told them, a person cannot see God's kingdom unless he is born again. Nicodemus was like, oh, I don't understand that Jesus explained that to me, right? He's like, when babies are born, they're so small. How can a grown person, right, be born again? Jesus told them, a baby gets its life from its parents, and that kind of life doesn't last forever. Jesus told them that people can get a better life from God. This kind of life is the life with God forever, right? And then Nicodemus was like, oh, Jesus, how do we get this kind of life from God, right? And then... Jesus told them, he reminded Nicodemus about the time when the people disobeyed. Have you ever disobeyed? 
Oh, I disobeyed. Yeah, right? I know. Everyone has your right read. Except Jesus is right. So the, the people had disobeyed and they became sick. And guess what happened? The people that looked at, at a, a bronze snake on a pole, they were healed. And Jesus said in the same way the serpent, right, the snake was raised up, I will be raised up so that everyone who looks and believes in me, right, will be healed from their sin and will have eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Nicodemus told Jesus told Nicodemus God's amazing plan that is found in John 3.16. He said this to him. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, right, will not perish but have eternal life. Does anybody want eternal life? Yes, right? Yes. So we believe in Jesus and that's how we get eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was always talking about himself, right? He said, I am God's one and only son. If you believe in me, you get to receive the free gift of God, of eternal life. Isn't that amazing? So good, right? Awesome. All right. You guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? We'll all will say it nice and loud so everyone can hear, okay? John 3.16. John 3.16. Wow, that was really good. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone... Who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Awesome. Good job. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And now Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will dismiss them to children's church. Okay, guys, ready? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes and think about the Lord. Father in heaven. Um, okay, guys, we're going to pray, okay? So let's... Jackson, thank you. Good job. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you, Lord God, for salvation, Lord God. We thank you that Jesus came to earth, Lord, that Jesus died on the cross, Lord God, and that Jesus rose again. Thank you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. What do we say, guys? Amen. Amen. Okay. Have fun. And behave. Listen to your teachers. Cute kids. I love hearing the children's voices on a Bible verse. That's just the best. Like, okay. Almost can go like, all right, we're done. Let's go. But we won't. We'll uh, we'll press on. We're talking about kids. So most of you know, we have seven grandchildren. And they're they're here a lot, right? And uh, so it's fun. 
But they have lots of opinions. Sometimes you'll hear one of my grandsons. He's very, he's got a lot of opinions. He, he loves does. it. He didn't do it just then, but he yeah. loves to pop on the mic. But so do the other ones. And we have, uh, so we have three grandsons and four uh, granddaughters. And uh, this is one of the granddaughters, the youngest ones. And I don't want to embarrass him or anything, but this was so funny. So a couple of weeks ago, we were singing a new song called uh, More Than Able. And in it, one of the refrains is, you know, nothing is impossible for you, God. Nothing is impossible. So you listen to that for a while. And she leaned over to her mommy and she said, uh, chicken milk is impossible. <laughs> Which is kind of hard to argue with. Yeah. We were and just you, like, You don't oh. want them to not think for themselves, right. but you're kind of missing the point a little bit. She's a philosopher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. well. Okay. She was taking it in, though. She is. Yeah. I'm glad they're thinking and yeah. listening. Yeah. Yep. You need to take it all in. Yeah. And check it against the word. There you and go. I haven't read anything about chicken milk. I so haven't far. either. But if God wanted chicken milk, um, yeah, well, it would, yeah. We know that, but that's kind of hard. But to get. we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It's just cute. Welcome. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad you're with us. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you. If you point your smart device at it, with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card. Name, phone number, email. We'd love to have the information. We will send you in response to that. Five or six weeks worth of emails or text, and then it will drop off. But uh, that would be fun. Also, we have a gift for all first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. And... Uh, there's a lovely gift chosen just for you. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't, I don't know. You've watched too many game shows Probably. chosen yeah, just for you. Uh, so, and every time we gather, we pray for our neighbors. We do this corporately to reinforce what we ask you to do every day. Please pray for those people that live around you. This is... I think it's probably the most powerful ministry that all of us will engage in. It's one that we should all be engaged in. And it's... It's amazing what happens. Testimonies that come back. Just start praying for those people that live around you every day. And uh, it's amazing what God will do with that. So to reinforce that, as I said, we, we do it when we gather. So think about a couple of those neighbors, if you would, to get them in your mind's eye. We'll go to the Lord. Papa, we, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, God. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. That you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you and help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well and bring renewal, revival and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So we're continuing on in this series we're doing. This is part 15. I think we're going to run up to part 19, which is about what we said we'd start. And we're looking at questions that Jesus asked. If you don't know why we're doing that, that's how Jesus teaches. It's his main teaching moment. He, he leaves people with questions. He's not a whole lot of facts going on. There's some, but mostly he asks questions. And then as we press into those questions, we learn. Because when you have to answer a question for yourself, it sticks with you. The answer laser. So this is how he chooses to teach. In the four Gospels, there are over 300 questions that Jesus asks. Um, and I've encouraged you to read through the Gospels during this time, uh, four or five chapters a week, and to note those questions, either write them down or highlight them or do something. And uh, I will, I've already put a link up on, on one of the websites where I've got all the questions for you if you haven't been doing that in PDF form or you can watch them and see them on your computer. But they're just a powerful devotional tool. And you hang out with the questions, which is what we're trying to demonstrate in this series. I'm picking 20 questions out of those 300. 
and just hang in with it. And, and the amazing thing is, with a question like this, I can come back to it in six months, and Holy Spirit will open more stuff in it. Which is so cool. And you can just, it causes you to grow deeper with the, in your relationship with God, in the time in the Word, and having a, an excitement about what takes place. It, the Bible is so amazing. And part of what we're always trying to do is show you just how this divinely inspired book changes everything. This literature draws you in and that it's designed in such a way that the more that you hang with it, the more is revealed to you about who God is. And that we have an enemy who tries to keep you from reading the Word. And so he tries to make it feel like a boring, old-fashioned rule book that doesn't apply. And that nothing could be further from the truth. That's a lie. So we continue to press in and dig in, and uh, he continues to reveal himself to us, as we do. And so today's question is out of Matthew 20. Uh, are you envious? Because I'm generous. That parable that's taught in Matthew 20 is one of my favorites. I know I say that about everything, but it really is. And it's my favorite parable in particular for an attitude adjustment. Anybody here ever need to have an attitude adjustment? This is your go-to. The minute you realize your attitude's not right, this parable will really help straighten you out. Okay, that's where we're heading. Let's do, before the scripture reading, a couple of bad jokes. Uh, I recently made a pet out of a termite. I know that's a little weird, but I named him Clint. Clint eats wood. Thank you. That was from Pastor Billy, so you can all blame him. Clint eats wood. Last one. What's worse than biting into an apple and finding a worm? This is gross. Biting into an apple and finding half a worm. Okay. Yeah. Back to you. Well done, dear. Well done. Pray for us. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit, pray, and then we'll read the word, okay? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the word spoken over us this morning, that we will not trust in horses, we will not trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. Light up those shadows in our life, Father, where we don't trust you. Let us walk in that light each and every day. Bless each person here, Papa, each person watching. Draw them into you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, starting at verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. All right. 
So there's more to that parable, and I'm going to get there in just a moment. And uh, remember the parables, so you know this now because we've talked about this a lot. And, and it's like almost all of them start with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like. And remember, that's not a reference to a geographical place, heaven. That's about the rule, reign, and authority of God. This life with God that we have, this is what it's like, and they begin to describe it in the parable. So put that uh, in, your, in your knower for a minute. And let me tell you where we're going to go with this question that is in the second half of the parable. Are you envious because I'm generous? What I want to do today is I want to talk about grace and joy. Grace and joy. And they're connected, and they're a vital part of the life of a believer. And so people try and define grace, and one of those definitions is unmerited favor. It means that um, God gives us things that we don't deserve. And, and mercy is, you know, we, we don't get things that we do deserve, <laughs> the bad things, right? But grace is more than that. It's more than unmerited favor. The word actually uh, in, in the Greek is uh, charis, and in that word uh, are more meanings. Like it means, um, it means that it uh, brings joy this grace. It means that it uh, brings pleasure. Uh, it causes us to be thankful. All of this is sort of wrapped up in that word, that idea of grace. And because of the grace of God, the reality is as a believer, you should be experiencing some measure of joy in your life. Some measure. And now, let me explain that. Sometimes we confuse, I think, joy and happiness. And uh, they're different. They're both good, but they're different. Happiness is based on circumstance. It's actually in the word itself, happenstance. That's where we get happy. It's those periods in, in life, those times when all your circumstance are good. And those are, those are wonderful times. They just don't happen all that often. The reality is, you know, they come and go. And, and so happiness can come and go because of that. But joy is deeper than that. Joy is an inward thing uh, that's a gift of God. It's part of knowing who He is and how much He loves us. And it's not dependent on circumstances. You can experience a measure of joy even in difficult circumstances because of who God is. And sometimes, you know, when, when things are going tough, you have to kind of step back and go, well, this is a tough moment, but I know that God's with me. I know that God's for me. I know that He loves me. I know the promises I have. I know the hope. I, I know all these things. And so even in the hard things, there's a, a settledness inside of me that is this joy that we're to experience. And it, it also happens to be tied into understanding and receiving and walking in the grace of God. So joy is also listed in the fruit of the Spirit. It's number two, uh, right behind love. So it's very important, love, joy, and all they're all important. Uh, and we've done series about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, and one of the things that I tell you when we look at the fruit is that it's it's not something that we aspire to. It's something that as believers filled with Holy Spirit that should just be a part of who you are. Now, and that should describe your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. And when that's not sort of right what's at hand, it, what it tends to mean is that we're a little out of step with the Spirit. And so we need to get back in step. Or perhaps we need to have our attitude adjusted. And so when you find yourself, and maybe none of you ever have this happen, but if you find yourself feeling annoyed with somebody, maybe not you, or for some reason someone just seems so irritating right now, or, um, or you're driving and you, you just can't help but realize that no one else has ever been taught how to drive, and 
You're the only one who paid attention at driver's ed. And why can't they just learn from what you're modeling? That's usually a sign that you're, you're out of step. And you need to adjust your attitude. And this is my absolute favorite parable. This one in Matthew 20 for an attitude adjustment. So the first question I want to ask before we dig into it is this. Is are we living for God or for us? It's a big deal, this question, the answer to this question. Because um, I know that we get it, that, that we're to be living for God. But we have a tendency to get ourselves in the middle of the story all the time. This is just something we have to be aware of. This is his story. He's at the center of the story, right? And that's where life works for us best. But every time we displace him at the center, which is our sort of natural proclivity, life doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Because we're in a spot we're not created to be, and we're trying to get the world to revolve around us, which it doesn't, and then we go you know, all in with our own strength and effort, and we get frustrated because we just can't make it work. But it's, it's his story, and he invites us in, and that's where we begin to find life. And so this parable really fits well with what's going on, this parable of the vineyard. And, and remember how it started, so this is what the kingdom of God is like, and Alice read this part to you, and she said what happens is this landowner, this vineyard owner, went out to find some laborers for his vineyard, and uh, it's neat the way it's written, um, he agrees to a price with some workers. So they had some say in it, and they came up with this price themselves, and agree, everybody agreed, this would be good, we'll work for a denarius for the day. Everybody was happy. And it was a generous, the way we understand it, it was a generous offer for a day's work. So they were pretty happy about it. Wow, because A, they had some work, and, and it's, they're going to be paid well. And so the landowner even listens, so he's cool. So let's go, and we're going to dig into what's happening. Well, in, in our own situation, so when we come to know Jesus, uh, and, and you know he's the one who has the vineyard, right? Uh, and he invites us into his vineyard, which is very cool. And it's sort of that story. And we're a people of mission. When you come to know Jesus, you have a purpose. That purpose is to partner with God to make a difference on the planet. And, and so you can see that, that this is how we're, we're called into uh, a mission field, a vineyard, if you would. And we're to labor in that vineyard um, with others. And we're to label in that, labor in that vineyard for others. And our mission is to be a labor of love, uh, and, and so we're, we're not to compare the amount of uh, our labor or how long we labor against others in our hearts. And this is so important. We have to settle that what we do, we do for Him. That's what it's all about. What we do in this life, we do for Him. That goes for everything, really, that you do. Every situation you find yourself in, every job that you do, all those things, you're ultimately doing it for Him. So we have that now. Now let's hop into the rest of this parable, beginning in verse 9. I love this. The workers who were hired about 5 in the afternoon came, because the last are going to get paid first. So these guys worked an hour. And each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. So let me tell you, I've been reading this passage for many, many, many years. And when I, this jumped out at me at some point and it changed the way I look at everything. The big problem that you're going to see in this whole uh, parable comes out of that word right there, expected. Their expectations cause them to lose joy completely. And and that happens to us all the time. 
This is going to be one of the main things. When you get a hold of this, you'll realize that what causes you so much irritation and annoyance in your life is that you're putting expectations on people that they can't live up to. And when they don't live up to it, you get upset. And yet, if you think about it, the reality is, I'm going to speak this for myself and hope that it applies to you. I think that it does. but um, I put expectations on myself that I don't live up to still. And if I can't do it for me, isn't it obvious that people that you put expectations on can't live up to it as well? They just can't. It's not going to happen. And this expectation thing is just harming our relationships and our life, and it's causing us not to experience joy at all. And it almost always has to do with comparisons to other people in other situations. And the moment you begin to compare your situation to anybody else's, it has a way of really messing up your life. So they came, each one of them also received a denarius. Now remember, that was a negotiated wage that everybody was happy with until what? Until the landowner started being generous with the other workers. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Well, yeah, you paid us what we asked for, but that's not right. (laughs) Now we want more. Because those who were hired last worked only one hour. And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. These guys, these slackers showed up at the very end. They sort of helped clean up. They weren't even that helpful. We'd already got it all done. And you gave them our wage. And he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree? To work for it. Weren't we happy with this when we started? This was negotiated. You, everything was good. Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. That is a crazy parable. And what you have to do to get the most out of it is you have to sort of think about how you would feel depending on who you are in the parable. So you have to ask that question, well, how does that make me feel? How does that parable make me feel? Well, if you put yourself in the position of someone who worked all day, I bet you're a little angry, because that doesn't seem fair, especially by our culture. That just is like, that's ridiculous. I'm going to complain to everybody because it's just not fair. Even though it was exactly what you agreed to. But all of a sudden, in comparison to someone else's deal... Your deal's not good anymore. This happens a lot in life. I hope light bulbs will start to go off for all of you because we have this going on all the time. At the same time, put yourself in, if you would, person that was there for an hour. How blessed do you feel because you hadn't worked all day? You were thinking you had to go home and tell everybody, I'm sorry, I didn't, there was no work for me today. I don't have anything. I have no food. We, that, that was their... Think about how they... And all of a sudden, they got paid a generous wage for a day. Can you imagine how they feel? It's like, but because you're not happy about your deal all of a sudden because of their deal, guess what you can't do? You can't celebrate with how good that is. Because when I told you that sort of story, you should have gone, oh, that's very cool. I didn't think about that. Why don't we think like that? Because it's all about me all the time. And, And we get stuck. And, and then here's another thing. That, that, that This is the good one, I think. What do you think Jesus' reaction would be? Now, let me tell you this. Comparison is terrible. And here's why. Comparison never works. Either you're going to compare yourself to somebody who's not doing as well as you, and you're going to feel good about yourself and based on their, whatever plight these poor people are in, or you're going to compare yourself to somebody who's got a better deal than you, and no matter what your deal is, it doesn't seem good anymore. 
neither one is okay. Here's the only comparison that you can really make, is that you can compare yourself to Jesus. And let me tell you, when you do that, it's never good. (laughs) Jesus? No! I don't want to be kind. I don't want to be nice. I want to stomp off mad. I think Jesus, his reaction, he would have been... He'd have been happy, first off, to put in a day's work just because it was there. He'd have been happy to contribute to the landowner who was being gracious with them and and to everybody else he put in his labor. Uh, He would have been happy for those who didn't get, you know, got paid more for their less amount of time because he was satisfied because he knew that God was good and God was God and he'd been taken care of and he could rejoice, he could celebrate. How cool is it that someone who didn't have work got work and was blessed and like, he, he would have, yes. See, that's, that's the whole thing. And, and it's, it's so different than what we often do because we get stuck. And I just think it's so revealing, this parable about where we're, where we're at. And I've been reading that parable for so long, I wish I could tell you that I don't ever need my attitude adjusted. But I'm amazed at how far I've got to go after all this time about how things start to irritate me and annoy me that just don't make any difference at all. And, and it's very eye-opening for me. And it's, it's like a, it's a great reminder. It just sort of settles us back into a place where we can enjoy God again. And, and we can be people that experience grace and let it flow through us. And, and this whole sort of being stuck in keeping yourself in the center of the story is what's keeping so many people from experiencing the grace and the joy that God wants you to have. So you know, listen to this. Comparing yourself to others is a grace killer and a joy stealer. And you've got to start realizing that because that's what's happening. Every time you start comparing yourself to others and, wow, they got a better deal. And, and, and you know, the, the issue is it's just not all about me. That's, I have to be careful when I say that because people take things to extremes. And I always follow it up with this, but it is some about me. So there's a, there's a healthy tension there. It's just not all about me. And we tend to err on that side. Oh, it is all about me. It's not all about you. It's some about you. And the reality is, the reason I think we, we have trouble celebrating when other people are being blessed if we can't see our own, or if they're getting something that we would like, but it's not working out that way or whatever, is that we think somehow God's going to run out. God doesn't run out. He's generous. That's, that's the heart of God. He's just amazingly generous, and he's, and and maybe your blessing isn't the same as somebody else's. But you're, if you know Jesus, you know how seriously. If if you know Jesus and that you have life forever with Him, and that He's got you, and that He loves you, and He's dealt with all your mess and all the garbage that you've ever done, and all the brokenness. If you know, how much more really is there to be blessed with? Everything else is temporary. And it's not bad. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Who, who doesn't like a good blessing, right? <laughs> but I want to be able to enjoy yours when you get it instead of being envious because, wow, look what God's doing for them. But what about me, God? And the heart of God is, I got you. He's settling that. You're mine. I got you. But I got enough. I'm going to bless them and bless them and I'm blessing you. And it's all sort of... So you have to know it's some about me. So there's this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, it really ties into what we looked at last week and in the weeks before when I said that that Jesus is coming and setting the things of Adam right. 
And uh, in this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, you, it's about Adam and then Jesus. And in this passage, he's the last Adam or the second Adam. Um, but it, it's just what we've talked about. Jesus is coming to set the things of Adam right. And look how this reads. Uh, this is out of the message paraphrase, just because of the way I like it sounds. We follow this sequence in Scripture. The first Adam received life. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. That's Jesus. Physical life comes first, then spiritual. A firm base shaped from the earth, a final completion coming out of heaven. The first man was made out of earth, and people since then are earthy. The second man was made out of heaven, and people now can be heavenly. In the same way that you've worked from, in the same way that we've all worked from our earthy origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends. This is what Paul is saying. You, you, do you know how, before you knew Jesus, perhaps, uh, how you excelled at the old way of living? Like, like some of us, like, excelled at sin, right? Sin, we took it to a whole nother level. We were really good at it. We were passionate. We were in, baby. Woo! And then, and then, you know, Jesus, the, the thing is, you need to take that same passion and excitement into this heavenly way of living, this new creation way of living. And it's different. It changes everything. Your, the, your perspective, the, the way you look at things, it all needs to change. And so it's such a powerful reminder that, that God wants us to embrace this life, this new creation life, with the same sort of excitement that perhaps we had before and to press into it. And, and so we do that by just pressing into God and remembering that He's the center of the story and we're not. And we, we ask Him to lead us and guide us and we ask Him to, to be people of grace and that we, 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 we need grace, God. Don't miss the grace of God. See, that's what happens, I think, with so many people. And especially if you get stuck in this expectation comparison sort of loop, which so many people are stuck in, you, you, you step out of the grace of God. It's not, you're not receiving it for you and you're not extending it to others and life becomes a mess. And we all need grace. Every single one of us in the room needs grace. We're, everybody I know is broken. I don't know anybody that's not. We need the grace of God to survive. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You see what happens when you miss the grace of God? You get bitter. And when you're bitter, it causes trouble and defiles many. Bitterness will impact in a negative way every single relationship that you have. It impacts people around you. It impacts your relationship with God. And so if I don't rest in God's grace, what, what happens is uh, I, I begin to lose out on the amazing life that God has actually called me to. God is giving us and has given us His amazing grace. And God's heart is that, that all of us would experience that grace as part of His family. But here's the deal. Like with most things with God, He gives us the opportunity to choose. We can either participate with God in His grace, that's where we find real life, or we can choose not to. And that's not fun. And there's, there's too many people stuck there. And, and so listen, if you, if you can sort of get a hold of that... Start this week thinking about what expectations are you putting on people or institutions or whatever it might be that they just can't meet. You're setting yourself up for constant disappointment and frustration and annoyance. And, and, and start 
just letting some of that go and, and realizing that what you need to do is just focus on God and be someone that says, oh God, I just need your grace so much. And let me be grace-filled so it can flow out of me to impact other people for you and for the way that we're all supposed to live. That's what's going on in His grace. God is generous. He's got enough for everybody. Just let it flow through you. And, and, and that's where we begin to find life. Ministry team, those here when you head over to the wall. People on the way over there here to pray for you. I think maybe some of you might just need to go over and ask for a, a fresh filling of grace. And, and you know, maybe, maybe you've already begun to see some things that you, you've got caught in your expectations are, are impacting your life in such negative ways. And that... So in that, you've become bitter about things. And without realizing it, your bitterness has really begun to impact your relationships in negative ways, particularly with the people right around you that are most important to you. And it's, it's, it's like it's put up a wall between you because you're so unsettled about things that you just can't change. But you can trust God that he's got it. And, and so ask for more grace and ask, ask for opportunities to just love well. And wow, some, there's some of you, you're just, you, you haven't been at rest for a while. Everything stirs you up. It's just this constant, you sort of wake up and you're angry almost immediately. And I feel like the Lord says, listen, I've got you and I just want you to breathe in some grace today. I don't even know if that's possible, but you get the idea. And just let God fill up your bucket once again, your grace bucket, to the point where it's overflowing and that people around you experience that grace. That's what, that's what people need so desperately, not the messy stuff. And all of this starts by knowing Jesus. Let me say it again. That's the, the biggest demonstration of grace there's been is that he made a way for us to be reconciled to him. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then today, all you, you just need to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's, that's at the beginning for, for those of you who haven't done it. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And I want to encourage you to do that now if you haven't. Here in the room, online, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? I don't know. I hope you guys heard that grace blanket. Some of you need your grace blanket. That, that's just a really good image of how grace makes you feel. So get some prayer. Get some encouragement today. God is good. Amen. Oh, do you know what Theodore Roosevelt said? <laughs> it's not a joke. That comparison, <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Well, there you go. He must have heard that from me. He must have. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was adding then, something really good, you know. Yeah, I think I just probably lost everything in my comment. I probably just lost everything in my comment that he learned that from me. Yeah, there we go. Um, yes, it's, it's exactly what's going on. Good. Oh, the kids are piling in. What? Pastor Georgina oh, has Georgie. a word. Come on, Thank Pastor. Thank you, Gigi. She told me earlier, and then I get lost. Good morning. Earlier on, Miss Angie was singing her song, and um, she said... She said this Bible verse that you, that God is the potter and we are the clay. And then I just felt that 
um, that hit someone in a special way. And, and he just wants you to know that he will be good to you. He will be good to you. Despite the trials, despite the arrows of the enemy, he will remain faithful to you. Thank you. Thank you, Gigi. How do you know that, that God will be with you? Because he was with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being generous, just like God is. Very cool. Thank you for partnering with us. You guys are awesome, and uh, we just love doing that with you. Let's sing doxology, because the kids are behaving, but they want to come running down. (laughs) Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Prayers over there if you need it. These doors, we'll get these doors open for you in just a second. And uh, we can head out that way. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. We love you guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, hang out in the grace and the joy of God. And he's awesome. He's awesome.